guys. Hey, welcome to another episode of Pretty Social Podcast. We're so happy to have you guys back here. And yes. you guys know Nikki and I are parents. We are. And we're going to do a little episode about parenting. I yes. know that when we talk about parenting, you can talk about 50 million different things. A million. <laughs> like, so you got to have subcategories. Yes. So today we're more so focusing on like the protective measurements that parents yeah. take. What is too protective? What is too lenient? Obviously, there's no like standard right versus wrong. Right. I there's feel no like right way, wrong no, way. No, I feel like with parents that one of the hardest topics for me, not necessarily when it comes to like my own beliefs and how I parent, but where I see a lot of clashing mm-hmm. is the topic of parenting because mm-hmm. we all come from so many different backgrounds. Yeah, some of us had great parents, some of us had terrible parents, some of us had no parents. Some of us have just been raised so completely different from others, different cultures, different beliefs, different Mm -hmm. values, and that all plays a part in how we view ourselves as parents. Yeah. And even, like, kids. Mm -hmm. Kids are so different from one another. Like, what works from one kid will not always work for the next kid. Yeah. So, like, when we talk about parenting and topic, I don't want to make this to be like, hey, listen to us. We're experts. Yeah, absolutely (laughs) not. we are just going to share our own experiences and, I guess, our own thoughts and beliefs yeah. when it comes to the matter because i think that like even with you saying that like not we're doing it right anybody else is doing it wrong because mm-hmm. like i really have a lot of questions and that's yeah. why i kind of want to do this episode yeah. like my oldest daughter is 11 and i have a nine-year-old mm-hmm. and a three-year-old so it's like it's like a forever learning journey it is. you know what i mean like no mm-hmm. even because you never had a 16-year-old before. No. You know, you've been yeah. a mom for all this time, but you never had a 16-year-old right. before. I never had a 13-year-old before. So it's like, you're learning and navigating as mm-hmm. the different things come up. So it's like, I really just wanted to hear, like, other people's perspectives yeah. and, like, really talk about, like, what is overprotective? Mm-hmm. What is underprotective? You know what I mean? I think that sometimes you see parents and some kids have so much more freedom than others. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you hear, like, Oh, well, if you if you restrict them too much, they're going to go crazy when they mm-hmm. get grown. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Is that true? Is that a myth? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's lot. like, yeah. I think so many of those things, though, like just uh, that own like statement of mm-hmm. like, I've heard that so many times. Obviously, I'm only at age 16, about mm-hmm. to be 16. So I can't say what is definitive and what's not because I'm still learning. Yeah. But I have definitely heard a lot of people share their experiences and say like they came from such a sheltered place Mm -hmm. that once they could have any type of freedom or have the ability to get out and do things on their own that they just went wild and decided to do everything they couldn't do or or essentially rebelled against their parents yeah because of the strict i can't say that's a a, a hundred percent like guarantee like if you're going to be strict like your kids are going to do that because i think i came from a fairly strict not in like a negative sense like crazy like terrible mm-hmm. things you hear parents do but like just a lot of boundaries a lot of rules in my childhood and yes I rebelled I think most kids find a rebellious state even if it's something very minor mm-hmm. I rebelled and tried to do my own things but I never went wild like I had family mm. members like I had cousins um and friends you know people my age who their parents were very lenient mm-hmm. on a lot of things that my parents would never allow. Mm-hmm. And they will, still went buck wild. Like, they mm. were out here, out here. And yeah. I would never fix to even try to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it really just depends on so many different factors. It depends on the kid a yeah. lot. It depends on their influences. It depends on, like, 
just the parenting style. I think it's yeah. so much that's involved in something like that. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think that you hear that 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 um stereotype mm-hmm. for lack of a better word yeah. um a lot is that like if you shelter them too much they're going to go crazy. But I don't know that I've ever seen a kid who had a lot of freedom that prevent them from going crazy. Right. You know what I mean? And I also wonder the parents who were so lenient or let their Mm -hmm. kids go and do whatever. Was it intentional to prevent them to do that? Or did you just Just let them do whatever? whatever. It almost reminds me of like people who... find negative reasons for people to go vegan it's like yeah you know what i mean you don't mm-hmm. even have a positive reason why you eat meat right. and it's like you have negative reasons why people who are sheltering their kids because you is it to justify the reason why you don't have rules and boundaries and things like that because you're mm-hmm. not this is not a part of your parenting plan you right. know what i mean right it, yeah. it, it maybe yeah. it is i don't know but i'm curious because and i'm like what is sheltered like, what is shelter? So I think that's one of the things, too, because I feel like I took a lot from my childhood and applied it as my own parenting styles. Um, not everything. There's a few things I do differently than my parents did. Um, but I took a lot of what they did with me and my brothers, and I do the same with my son because mm. I do find value in it. I think when I was... Not even think. I know when I was younger, it, everything seemed so unfair. I used to always say, like, my parents are so strict. They don't let me do anything. They don't let me go here. And I didn't appreciate it then mm-hmm. because everyone else is allowed to do it or everyone else says they're allowed to do it and they do it. We right. don't know if they're really allowed to. <laughs> but, um, and it just seemed so unfair. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, I appreciate it yeah. so much. And I tell that to my son, even though, my son is much different in many ways than I was at his age for the good. Um, but there's things that there's certain things that I just won't let him do. Mm-hmm. And it seems unfair to him in the moment. I don't get it. Why so-and-so can do this, so-and-so can do that. But I explained to him, this is why. This is why I feel like you should not do this. And I have seen this done before. And I have seen people get hurt doing this. Or I've seen bad things come from this. Mm -hmm. So he knows. And I know that it may seem unfair now. But I'm hoping that as he grows, he will realize, like, oh, wait, no. She was really looking out for me. Mm -hmm. So I think it's hard because everyone looks at parenting different. Like, I personally, I don't cuss. Um, Not that I necessarily have some big thing against cussing and people can't cuss around me. I just don't do it. I choose not to do it. It's just not something that I feel like I need to do. And I don't raise my son to do that as well. Do I know he does? I'm sure he does at school. I'm sure he does. (laughs) I am sure he does. I can't see it. Yes. He probably do. He probably does. No, I can't see it. But he has enough respect (laughs) to know he's not doing that around me. Yeah. He's not doing that around this house. He's not doing it because he knows how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. Other parents may look at that like, you're crazy. Like, that's super strict. Like, you ain't going to let your child express themselves by cussing. I don't think that's a Personally, I feel like there's so many other ways you can express yourself. I'm sure it is a way of expression. I'm sure there (laughs) is. But, like, that's not that big of a deal to me. And as as of now, it doesn't seem like it's that big of my son to my son. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure parents are going to look at me and, like, that's crazy. That's strict. Um, Let's see. Something else. I So, I did not let Nate do any sleepovers at another person's house. Like, another friend's house. Well, I didn't let him (laughs) until he was... 
15, mm-hmm. like just like recently, like within the last year, year and a half. Mm. And it took a lot. Yeah. It took sure. a lot because any sleepover he had, everyone was coming over to my house because I know who I am. I know who I am. I know how I parent. Mm-hmm. I, I trust myself. And I know that these kids are going to be fully safe. They're mm-hmm. not going to be watching rated R movies. They're not going to be listening to crazy music. They're not going to be sneaking out or smoking. Or, I mean, they were young, so I don't see that happening. But still, yeah, that's, that's yeah, not going to happen sure. under my watch. Yeah. Where I don't know what another person's household is. Mm-hmm. So when I first let him do it, I was like, okay, I've protected him. I've raised him right, and I have to allow myself to give him a little bit of room. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard. Yeah. When I tell Ooh. you that was one of the hardest things to let go as a parent, mm-hmm. um, because you just hear stories of things happening, mm-hmm. just people getting hurt, whatever, and... I made an intention, like, I'm meeting the parents, I'm going inside For the sure. house, I'm talking to them, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to walk through their house, but I'm going to be looking if around could, for anything. Would. I could, like, <laughs> I could, like, I have a tour of their house, actually. Like, can um, I use the restroom? But I even, I, and it's so funny, cause I told the mom, because she reached out to me when I told her my concerns about him coming over there, and I was honest with her, I was like, I've never let my son go to spend at anyone's house. They've always come over to our house. He's not. He at that point had never even went over to a friend's house just to hang out. Mm-hmm. They always came to my house. So right. I told her that I'm like, this is really hard, and I was like, it's nothing against you. Like I don't want you to feel like I'm like I'm nervous about you and your family. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm just nervous in general. Mm-hmm. And they made me feel so welcomed. Good. They answered every question. They explained who lives in the house. You Period. know every like <laughs> everything. And I was like, okay. And it made me feel better. And that's how I, I had approached other friends yeah that he stayed the night at but i know some parents are going to be like my kids go somewhere every other weekend and i don't even know where they're at half the time like yeah it's it's so different to say but i do think that there's a such thing as a helicopter parent Mm -hmm. i do think there is a such thing as being so protective where it's almost like your kid is in a bubble Mm -hmm. and you try to shield them from everything Mm -hmm. and that's impossible yeah it's in a perfect world, if I could shield my son from every single pain, every single harmful thing, every single bad person in the world, I would love to be able to. Yeah. But that's the real world is you're going to face hard decisions. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to find yourself in unfavorable situations. You just have to train your children on what to do when you find yourself in those positions. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It is, it, you're essentially setting your child up for failure, I think, when you yeah. try to protect them from everything because it's inevitable. Yeah. They have to be out in this world without you. Or y'all might y'all could just be like that forever I don't know how you know what I mean but Some you're are. setting them up for failure when you try to protect them and shield them from everything um, but to go back to a point you made about like if your son does cause he knows mm-hmm. not to do it around you it made me think about like what's considered disrespectful mm-hmm. yeah and like yeah, one yeah. thing for me with my kids is like learning what's respect what is actually disrespectful and what I don't actually mind, but mm-hmm. I was told it was disrespectful yeah. as a kid. Okay. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't I know for a lot of black homes, like you can't say what. Like mm-hmm. you just can't say what. You can't say, like, hey mom, what? 
It's or, like it's. I know you me? ain't just. You know what I'm saying? You gotta say yes. I was uh-huh. always taught to say yes. Yeah. I, I didn't have to say yes, ma'am. You know what I mean? Or yeah. or yes, sir. But I had to say yes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say what you know, yeah. and I dang sure couldn't say what. Right. <laughs> okay. Had a little fluctuation in your voice. Uh, Listen, <laughs> and then like y'all can visit her and ICU at Jack and Children's because that's what would have happened. Right. Um, but it's stuff like that. Little stuff like that, like now when my kids do it, I I'm, I try to figure out: Do I actually feel like this is disrespectful, right. or is, was I just taught that that's it was disrespectful? Just yeah, it's little stuff. It's I can't think of none of the other terms or things like that. Um, but it's stuff like yeah. that that I have to ask because my 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 uh, youngest does it. And my oldest, we've taught them to say yes, don't say mm-hmm. what. And now mm-hmm. I'm going through it with the baby. And yeah. it's like, she is not doing it to be disrespectful. She's literally responding Just to us. Like, like we'll be like, Audie, oh, come here. And she, I'll be like, Audie, oh, she'll be like, what, mommy? Or yeah. what? You know? And I'm like, it's don't say what. Any and it's Ill like, behind it. she's not being disrespectful. So yeah. it's just like stuff like that, that like, I wonder, like, you know, have to relearn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of Like, how much of the stuff from our parents. Are we, like you said, I take a lot from my yeah. parents. And I did, too. We had the same rule with the spending the night. Like, yeah. I, didn't lo- I wasn't allowed to stay the night at nobody's house. I had yeah. one sleepover. And the only reason they let me go over her house, and I was probably in first grade, the only reason they let me go to her house was because um, my family and her family were neighbors for years. Mm, for okay. a really long time. They did, They weren't neighbors anymore, but... For for like 10 years, they were neighbors and they knew their family in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they let me go stay the night yeah. at her house. But after that, that was that was literally it. And it was like, yeah. do not even ask to go over right. nobody else's house until I was like 16, 17. Yeah, and I even then, um, they had to know them. And I'm like that too. Yeah. I'm the same way. Y'all not going over nobody's house. Like, don't even like, ask me. You're not, <laughs> like, you're not just going to go to so-and-so's house because you know them. Like, I don't know them. Like, even times, there, there was like... I think only once, maybe twice, but mm-hmm. once for sure, where Nate was friends with this kid. I, I've met his mom before in the past. It's been years, but I met his mom. He went to school with him. I think they met, like, in the fourth grade, so he's known him ever since then. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go to his house. Um, it was, like, probably a fall of last year. And I was like, uh, I can't go there. Like, I can't go to meet the parents. I had things going on, and I was like, okay, if your dad takes you he has like i talked to his dad like you have to go in you have to talk to the parents you have to look at the house you have to scan everything make sure it's safe and but even that was hard because i'm like i'm not there there. like i have to trust that you're going to look at this and the view and the same lens that i would do this Mm -hmm. but it's it's hard because in one aspect you want your kids to have those memories. You want your kids to have at fun. My house. Yeah, yes, at your, <laughs> under your own. But then again, like you, you have that control of like mm-hmm. it's fear, yeah. and I think the the fear is valid. Yeah, I think there's a yeah. lot of validity in that, and like because you hear so many crazy, so things. many stories, and I'm like, I understand it. Like if if my kid ever wanted a friend to stay the night and they were apprehensive because there is a man there. That was mm-hmm. one thing about my mom too, like mm-hmm. really being scared when a man was in the home because unfortunately we grew up with a lot of single moms around. Yeah. But if there was a dad in the house, it was like, uh-uh, I don't know. Uh-uh. Yeah. You know, and so like, I, I, I am married, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, I cannot imagine sending my daughter to go stay the night in the house and it's a yeah. full grown man in there. You know what I mean? And it's like, 
But I'm willing. Like that parent mm-hmm. that was answering the questions, mm-hmm. I would be willing to answer the questions. Yeah. I would say, text me, you know, whatever you need. I'm always going to answer the phone. You're never going to have to feel like I can't get in touch with nobody. Because yeah. right. kids, their phones die all the time. Like mm-hmm. my, when I have the girls all come stay down at my house, not, house now, their moms will call me and say, yeah. where is such and such? She not answering the phone. I'm like, oh, her phone is dead. They mm-hmm. in the basement, you know, or whatever. And so it's like... Um, I, I would be open to that and I feel like it's somewhat of a red flag if I want to meet you and I want to get to know mm-hmm. you and you are apprehensive. Yeah, no, that's an absolute no for And me. you like, If you're what? apprehensive you know? and you're questioning me, it's going to be a, that's, that's what, what, what did Randy Jackson say? <laughs> that's enough for me, dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Like, like, you know what, don't even worry about it, Mrs. Smith. Thank right, you. exactly. But I've even had a position, which I won't go and too much depth i don't think i mean i know that nate has listened to this podcast before um really yes yeah yes, yes. Oh, he's gosh. listened to us before <laughs> um, read the title right but i think we're too girly for him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um i won't put too much information but um he did go over to a friend's house whom i met i did the same thing i did anyone else mm-hmm. And something happened that made me personally feel uncomfortable. Not for Nate's safety, not for anything like that. I felt uncomfortable with it, with the interaction I had in that situation. Mm. And I had to make a decision after that of like, you can't go back there. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's hard because things can rub you the wrong way. It don't have can. to be an incident. Yeah, it doesn't know? have to be something happened. It doesn't have to be like you fear for your kid's safety or anything like that because it was definitely not that. But it was something that made me feel extremely uncomfortable to the point where I'm like, I can't do this again. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because, in one aspect, I don't feel like it's an appropriate situation to explain it to Nate mm-hmm. of why I felt this way. But I had to let him know, like, Unfortunately, you can't go over there. I was uncomfortable about something. I said, I, I can't discuss about what that is right now with you. I said, but if you ever want him to come over, he's more than welcome to. Or if you guys ever want to go somewhere and hang out, you're more than welcome to. But it's just no more spending the night over what there. What was his reaction to that? He At first, he was kind of like, dang, mom, no, it's okay. Like, it's it's cool there. Like, it's safe. And I'm like, no, I get that. Like, I had to explain to him, like, it's not about your safety there. It's mm-hmm. not, th- it, it's something else that's more personal for me. Yeah. And after that, he was just like, it's okay. He, he, oh, he took good. it. And then, like, that's just what it's like. Like, I didn't cut that off completely. It wasn't like, no, you can never see them again. You can never, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm leaving a door open for another path. But in a way that makes you feel comfortable. Yes. Like, if, if he wants to come over here, if you guys want to hang out in a different, like, cool. Mm-hmm. But it's just no more spending the night there. Yeah. So that, that brings me to asking, like, to being able to choose your children's friends like or mm. like how much of an impact and, and my kids are still pretty little so yeah. I don't really feel like I deal with that but do you have you ever like seen them him hang out with a certain kid that was maybe getting in a lot of trouble or that seemed like a bad influence like and like if, if you haven't like how do you even navigate that like because you can't tell yeah. them who to be friends with but at right. the same time it's like you want to hang out with him? <laughs> right. I've actually been very fortunate that Nate has had some really great friends. Oh, good. I don't know how I've gotten this fortune. Or Nate's just a really great liar, and I don't know what's going <laughs> on one or the other. But Nate doesn't get in trouble. Like, mm-hmm. like he's actually very good. Like, I don't catch him. I, he's never snuck out. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that this house is set up. Right. There ain't no sneaking out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... 
and I'm one of these parents, so someone might be like, girl, your your child's essentially 16. Why are you doing this? But I have a, a tracker, like not the tracker, but like you know the when you link your iPhones, you mm-hmm. can like the Find My, and you can see where they're at at all times. Mm-hmm. I check that from time to time just mm-hmm. to make sure I trust him. But kids are Things kids, teenagers are teenagers. Yeah. They're gonna. I I snuck out when I was mm-hmm. his age. And he's always where he's supposed to be. So I'm like, either you're leaving your phone, but I'm like, but he, he knows. Ain't leaving his phone. But he knows. Because <laughs> I've already told him, don't try that, that, that leave your phone somewhere. Because I'll call you at the random, I'll call you at one o'clock in the morning. If you don't answer, I'm over there. So he, mm-hmm. I know, to say all that, I know he's very good. And he listens. But he has really good friends. The friends I've met of his have always been super respectful mm-hmm. to me. Um, you know, having birthday parties and seeing his friends and how they... They're just good, like, boys. I mean, they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I hear them play games, and I hear his friends cussing a storm over the headphones, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> Lord, Jesus. That's why I say I know he probably cussed, too, when he ain't around me. <laughs> but those things are so minor. I'm like, I don't care about that. If that's the worst thing that y'all doing is cussing. Right. Like Y'all not sneaking out no. and drinking and smoking and um, doing all type of stuff. But when he was, um, like, third or fourth grade, he was getting in trouble a lot. Um, he, he was getting into a lot of fights. He had this one boy who lived in our neighborhood back when we were in Talmadge. And, um, this boy and Nate fought all the time, Mm. this fighting. And, um, I remember one time he tried to pop up because he lived in the same allotment as us. He tried to pop up on us while we were laying at the pool. And... His vibe was just off to me. And Nate was young. He, I don't think he could pick it up. I picked it up. I was like, <laughs> I ain't going to say the boy's name, but I was like, oh, what you doing over here? Because I already knew the issue that Abe's having. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, hey, hey. I'm not going to say <laughs> I hate So one thing I hate, and this is a side note, is I hate when people call me Miss Hill because they think Nathan Hill. Oh. And they use his last name as my last oh, name. And I'm I would like, hate that. They, I get it I all correct the time. them every time. Is Mrs. Hill there? And I'm like, Ugh. When they call me, I'm like, this is Nate's mom. <laughs> I guess not Mrs. Hill. Please stop. <laughs> but the, he said that to me. He was like, oh, I'm just over here. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, you know what? You and Nate have had some issues. Uh, I don't think it's good for you guys to hang out. So uh, he's like, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I'm like, that's fine. But y'all not going to hang out. Mm-hmm. And I said that right there in front of all of them. Him and his friend and Nate and all. They all heard that. Because... I knew the type of influence. I knew that he was, him and they have already gotten into fistfights. Mm-hmm. And I, it was too much of shadiness. Mm-hmm. Like, he wanted to come over. He wanted to come into the house and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. You could be some little evil kid and try to, like, kill us all <laughs> while you in the house. Not say that he would. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, you don't know. So mm-hmm. I, I, I cut that and, and nipped it in the butt immediately. Like, no. Yeah. And, I, and I took Nate home and I told him, like, you didn't pick up on this. But he, he walked in this certain way. His demeanor was a certain way. The way his tone was was a certain way. And I said, you have to pick up these things. Yeah. Because you don't ever want to get yourself in a position where you're around someone who's shady. Mm-hmm. And they can get you in a vulnerable and place. And you think it's your friend. And you think it's your friend. Because another time, not too long after that, he tried to, because we lived in the same area, he walked down to the pool while we were down there and tried to get Nate to walk up to one of their other friends. Well, a mutual person that they know from the school to go play basketball. And I was like, you're not going over there because he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how close him and the other guy is. I don't know if they try to jump you. I don't know what they would try to do, but I'm like, you have to be mindful of these things because Nate is very much like me in the sense of like, kumbaya, let's all love and be friends and get along. Nate like can get along with 
every person. Like, he's cool with everyone at his school. So, I'm like, you got to be mindful of these things. And until you can see it, then I'm going to have to make these decisions for you. And then I'll explain why these decisions are being made. Yeah. It's like a little bit of street smarts, you know, that you kind of got to gain a little bit. And he has to get that because... Not that I had, like, a hard upbringing at all, but my environment, like, literal environment, um, being in Akron Public Schools, kind of seeing the rougher stuff, having friends who had single parents or who had uh, parents hooked on uh, drugs and things like that. Like, I was exposed to that. Like, I've seen it, Mm -hmm. yeah, in that aspect of other people's lives. Nate has not. Mm -hmm. Nate has had great friends. He's been in very safe school environments he's been in very safe just environments in the neighborhood like mm-hmm. i he has not seen all the things mm-hmm. that i've seen and again my parents were very sh- sheltered me but because my friends had a certain demographic mm-hmm. like in their homes nate hasn't experienced that so he lacked kind of like those street smarts at mm-hmm. that point he had no idea yeah and that's like i have to teach you what this is right so that you know what to look out for yeah it's it, it, that is a difficult situation but i think that like when you had to stand up and say like y'all not hanging out mm-hmm. it's the key it, it would be nate in that situation to feel like my mom is tripping or that's mm-hmm. not fair or this and that but it's like because that's how i felt like it was when we was kids like even when i was because i kind of had like a both I experienced because I was spent my younger years raised by my grandparents yeah. who were extremely strict and then my mom was a lot more lenient who mm-hmm. raised me the rest of my life yeah um but you know a lot of times when we're young we feel like that parent that's strict is like corny like dang and I had friends who parents wouldn't let them do stuff that I was about to do like oh my god that must suck but I look back and like dang those parents cared. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think about, like, the kids that's out here in the street and doing whatever, their parents Mm -hmm. don't care. You know, they don't care where you at. They don't care what you get into. And you at home being safe, Mm -hmm. doing family activities Mm -hmm. with a parent that loves you so much and you're envying these kids who get to be out here in the streets but you don't recognize that they in the streets and their lives are at risk. Oh, yeah. And, 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 Things were happening to us. They yes. wasn't yeah. just making it up. Yeah. Like, things was legitimately happening to us. We was mm-hmm. out there being abused. We was mm-hmm. out there um, risking our yeah. lives. I mean, stories on stories on stories yeah. of the stuff like we talked about before yeah. when we were sneaking mm-hmm. out and the things that happened Terrible to us. Terrible things. I feel like almost every time I snuck out, something really bad happened. Really bad. <laughs> like, traumatic. Yes. Like, I think back and I literally get anxiety sometimes when I think back on some of the situations I was in because I literally escaped death. Like, yes. you're like... I, I so can't believe many that times happened to that me. look back like I don't know how I'm alive yeah like I remember this one time when I was either 16 or 17 and I hung it's, we was just talking about this a little bit earlier mm-hmm. y'all but I was hanging out with this girl who I swear she was the coolest person ever <laughs> um but she was grown and I was not yeah but she had me in some of the craziest places mm-hmm. I'm telling you one time I was like 16 in a trap house full of grown men it's guns and drugs yep. everywhere I am a child and in those situations <laughs> it, it seemed like the guys were so cool with so you being around cool. and it's like, I'm freaking 15 sir why are you cool and you're like in your mid 20s like why are you cool I never thought here? about that and they was in they, they mid 20s and early yes. 30s and I, I literally never thought about how many times I was around a bunch of grown men and they never was like what is these kids yeah like here? why are you here you're too young like get out of here it, it would was be like, late at night here's drinks 
here's this, here's that. It was like, uh, yeah, hey, mm. that's crazy. I literally never thought about how chill they was, and it was multiple times I was in. Mm-hmm. I, I and me and my other me and my friend, um, we would be sitting hip to hip, like, on the couch while she bouncing around her boyfriend's lab, smoking, doing whatever, like, comfortable, because she was grown. I mean, she wasn't that grown. She was probably, like, 20. Um, But, you know, it's just stuff like that that that's what we was doing while our other friends who were sheltered was in the house Mm -hmm. begging us to come over. Like, we had one friend who... She was so sheltered, like, she had the sweetest mom, mm-hmm. and she had, this, her dad was so cool, like, in her house, it reminded me of, like, what we talking about. Yeah. She was not allowed to go nowhere, yeah. for real, like, even yeah. until she was grown. Mm-hmm. I remember we snuck her out when she was an adult, yeah. <laughs> to go out to the club and stuff, and she had a change when she got there. We 18, Aww. 19 now. <laughs> but... She would always, like, can y'all come over, please? Like, she wanted us to come to her house because she wasn't allowed to go out and do stuff. You know what I mean? And it was like, but her parents were so loving. And, you know, they just, even when we came over, we loved going over there because they made us feel like family. They Mm -hmm. cooked for us whatever we wanted. We could play games. We could do whatever we wanted. But it was like, you want to be like us, but this is what we out here doing. (laughs) Like, yeah. we out here hanging out with... This ain't nothing really going on out there that's so fun and amazing. You know what I mean? So, it just makes me think, like, you know, how do you even navigate that when you when you start to see those type of people? Like, my daughter, the people who she wants to be friends with, like, are so mean. Aww. And it's been like this since she was in kindergarten to the point where I had to talk to a teacher and they had to sit around and talk about bullying. So she goes to a school that's predominantly white. Mm-hmm. Like she's been like one of two black kids in her class for since she started going to school. Yeah. And she is always friends with these girls who are sometimey. Like they like one day they'll be super nice to her and they'll be friendly to her. And then like one day they'll be mean to her. Tell her she can't sit with them. She can't play with them. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was when she was in kindergarten. I had yeah. to get a teacher involved. Like, hey, this is not cool. Or yeah. she would she would just break. One night she just broke down crying Aww. and told me like, they told me I couldn't play in their section yeah. today. You know what I mean? And it's like. It's so hard because I'm trying to teach her, like, you don't want to be... But she would get so excited on the days when they would be nice to her. And that's all that mattered is they being nice to me now. And she forgot all about when they was being me. And I'm trying to teach her, like, you don't want those type of friends. But even now in fifth grade, she's going to be in sixth grade next year. She's still the same way. And it's still... Like, we was talking about... simple pleasures or like what's one small thing in life that just makes you happy and me all of us went around and said something and hers was and it like broke my heart a little bit but hers was like when my friends actually talk to me first oh yeah and I was like I know and she was like they don't really talk to me and she was like some days they don't Mm -hmm. sometimes they just don't want to be bothered with me and I'm just like you know, what in the world? I hate that because I'm like, yeah. I want you to have friends who are just excited to mm-hmm. talk to you and be around you. And I don't know that it's because she's the like the eyeball out. She's the black girl in class and they're not black. You know what yeah. I mean? And she also doesn't live in their area. In their, she's mm-hmm. open the road. They all live in the, yeah. they like They all go into each other's parties and talking about it. And they, right. she's like, well, sometimes they're so nice to me. Like they compliment my hair and my clothes and they mm-hmm. ask me to come sit with them. But then some days they just don't. And I'm just like, it, 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 but it's like, I don't know how to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to teach her, but I feel like, she, but I also be like, she's still so little and she's, she's still so little. young. And it's so hard for, not that it's not hard for 
males. It, it is. It's hard for anyone. Um, I think everyone has a sense of wanting to feel accepted. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to know that they have someone who enjoys their company. Mm-hmm. And I think even more so as, I mean, females, we are overthinkers. We want to be accepted. We want to, we just want to people to like us. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want to say necessarily popular, but, um, it, we kind of thrive on that attention mm-hmm. to a degree. I mean, we want it to be healthy, but we thrive on that. So it's like, I can understand, especially someone who, uh, I really only ever had a couple friends in each season of my life, like friends, friends, mm-hmm. like everyone else was just people you like, you would maybe hang out at lunch with mm-hmm. or, but like, Every season, I've had, like, two friends Mm -hmm. each season, Um, one or two friends. And it's, like, I can understand how it feels because there's so many times where I felt lonely. And I was, like, dang, you Mm. see all these big friend groups. And it's, like, why am I not in that group? Like, and then I was also too quiet and shy and kind of reserved. So it was kind of hard for me just to get out there and be that friend or, you know, be the one to, like, speak first. It was, like, I want you to speak to me first type deal. So Mm -hmm. I can see that. And that's so hard, too, because you don't know if it's just a personality thing where, you know, maybe the personalities are just not, you know, meshing. Or if it's like you said, you know, she might just be the quote-unquote oddball out Mm -hmm. because she's not like everyone else Mm -hmm. that's there. And that's so hard to navigate because you don't want her to feel like she needs validation Mm -hmm. from that. Um, But you also want to hear that out and, and... know exactly what it is that she's feeling and yeah. not be dismissive yeah. of that. And that's like, it, it is one of those things where it's like, I definitely don't want to be dismissive, but it's like, I am also feel like sometimes I give her like a alternative that's not really possible. Like I'm mm. telling her like, well, hang out with other kids, you know? And, and it's, it's like, kind of like, what other kids? Right. Like, that's like you saying, it's like me saying, like, I don't have any friends. Like, just go hang out with someone else. Like, just go yeah. meet a friend right now. And it's like, well, that's kind of hard. It's, yeah, easier said than done. And it's like, I think too, and I wonder how much it really impacts her to race thing because, like, even with her, she's a ballerina. She's been mm-hmm. a ballerina since she was three. Mm-hmm. It's literally yeah. only white girls. Yeah. Like, and I went yeah. to her rehearsal. And sometimes I don't really realize her world until I'm sitting in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, oh, it's like two other black girls in there. Why you don't say what's up to them sometimes? Like, you know, but I don't realize her world until I'm in it. So one yeah. day I went to her uh, rehearsal for her recital and I went into the lobby mm-hmm. and all the girls were there and it was practicing and dancing. And I just sat far back, you know, because that's how she wanted. She didn't even want me to come in. Aww. But I sat far away. And I watched her interact with the other girls, or mm-hmm. not interact. Yeah. And she was literally the only black girl. We in this huge room in Hoban, wow. and she was the only black girl. Now, mm-hmm. I see other black kids going in there, but I didn't realize that none of them were in her class. Okay. And so, um, I'm watching her. All the girls are happy, excited, bubbly. Mm-hmm. They practice and dancing together. And she literally was sitting in her chair by herself with her jacket on, like, and I don't think the girls were mean or anything. Yeah. Like, it seems to me like if she was to just jump in there, they would be welcoming to it. I don't know. But, like, I wonder. I don't know what that's like. Yeah, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. To be the yeah. only black girl in a right. group of all. I don't know what that's like. So, I don't know her experience. And mm-hmm. it's like, and I wonder, like, am I messing her up by doing this? But at the same time, it's like if you want your kid to go to get the better education and you want them to go to the best schools and have the best opportunities, sometimes that's what it's like. 
You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's where, you know, the the better, like, I don't know. It's like if you go to to Hudson versus, mm-hmm. and if yes. you ain't in Akron, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You go to Hudson, <laughs> well-paved roads and yes. all this. If you go to the hood, it's going to be... And that's kind of how it is. Like, it's always, like, some mess when I ever mm-hmm. I even thought about enrolling in something that's black-owned. And I want to support black-owned stuff, but it's, like, it's always something crazy. Like, oh, stuff getting canceled left and right. Mm-hmm. And it's always been a really great, huge production with great opportunities at yeah. her dance school and at her school she's at now. So it's like, dang, like, you know, you want to change it, but it's mm-hmm. like, how do you figure that out? Especially when you don't know your kid's experience. Like, you have a black son. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, how even do you, like, how, I don't, like, how? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I would do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To Like, I, if I had a kid that was white or biracial in my house, I feel like the experience, I never went through what you went through. I never yeah. seen life through your lens. Right. I never, like, how do you even tackle those things do you talk to him about that like I do and I feel like for me the only and I tell anyone that I talk to who's mixed or black or any other race other than me I can only speak from what I've heard I can Mm. I never try to I never try to talk about those subjects as if I know what it's like Like because I know for a fact I don't know what it's like. Even if something sounds relatable, I don't ever want to put myself in a position where I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, like, 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 I can speak from experience because I can't. Yeah. But I, what I am intentional about is listening to what people, like, in the black community might struggle with. Mm -hmm. Understanding, like issues that they may have and things like that so that I'm aware enough Mm -hmm. so that I'm not blindsided when I raise Nate so Mm. I'm not like that ain't nothing because I've unfortunately heard a lot of white people be like that ain't that's not real that doesn't happen that this or this you know they try to downplay what they hear people from the black community say because that's not part of their life they actually don't see it because maybe they don't have close black friends Maybe There's they're not no close. way for them to and see it. And you literally are so blind, blinded by it. Mm-hmm. So when you hear this stuff, you're like, that don't, that's not, no. Yeah. And they and they dismiss it. But I'm like, just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean that that's not, not someone. Real. Yes, it doesn't mean it's not someone else's experience. So I'm very open to every hearing everyone's experience. Mm-hmm. And I want to learn because I don't want to ever act like I can raise Nate knowing everything about black culture or what black people face. But if I'm aware and I listen to what people say, then I can, I can, I hate to say better teach him, but I can understand. Right. I was going to say, I think understanding is like, yeah, I can understand it and I will not ever dismiss it. Like for Nate, I mean, he went through a period which he hasn't mentioned. I think he's in a really good place right now. But he had a period when he was younger where um, he wasn't, you know, quote-unquote black enough for the black kids, but also, quote-unquote, not white enough for the white kids. He was, like, in this weird position where, like, people would be, like, dismissive to him thinking Mm. he wouldn't know things in black culture. It'd be dismissive not knowing things in white culture. And it was, like, this, like, weird identity thing of, like, I don't really know where to fit in. And, um, I mean, he was probably, like, in third, fourth, fifth grade when that was happening and he kind of found his place and he's really secure where he's at now. But it was like, I wanted to hear those things because I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like to feel like you're not 
because I'm white. Like, I don't yeah. have to feel like I'm, I know I'm white, and that's that, yeah. that's it. So yeah. it's like, I don't know how that feels to be that way or to have to uh, feel discrimination. Like, I'm always talking to him about, especially now that he's going to be driving soon, like, and on his own. And it's like, you have to be, unfortunately, you have to be careful um, in general, but you're going to have to be really careful when it comes to cops. Like, because There's people who literally don't like you before they even ever exactly. meet you. Exactly, <laughs> and I have to tell him these things. I don't want to act as if this stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. And, yeah. Th- and I just try to teach him those things, th- yeah. things that I can. And yeah. he does have black friends, too, so that does help. He went through a, a period where most of his friends were white because he was at a predominantly white school. But now that he has more black friends, I think that that also helps him For sure. to get that... Uh, I guess, knowledge, for lack of better words, um, that he may not be able to get from me because I'm a white woman and I don't have that experience. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I I think I thought about that too, like, to be biracial. Like, I I can't imagine. Like, I I swear, like, that sounds really difficult to me to have Mm -hmm. to not feel like you fit in because I I know how I have viewed biracial people, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I feel like I've had... Um, you have biracial people who are raised predominantly by their black side mm-hmm. and raised predominantly by their white side, but it's like, they're still biracial, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like, I, I just can't imagine, but it's like, just that understanding, like just mm-hmm. be understanding. I feel like it has to be that way with everybody because be, you may not be biracial, but you're a woman yeah. and there are men who would deny that you experienced the things you, yeah. you experienced because they never experienced right. them. You know what I mean? And it, one thing that kind of taught me, really showed me how it can be kind of hard for white people or anybody who's not experienced it in their self. It's like, when me and you go places, the way that people treat me sometimes when I'm with you is totally different than they mm-hmm. treat me when I'm not with you. Yeah. Or when I'm with other black people. Yeah. And sometimes it's mind-blowing to me. Like, we'll be at, we'll go somewhere, a festival, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of white people really, literally act like black people are invisible. <laughs> they don't yes, see us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'll be somewhere with you, and they will talk to us, and it's the weirdest thing to yeah. me because I'm like, huh? Oh, hi, yeah, yeah. How are you? Yeah, the coffee's really good, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're talking to me. They're acknowledging that I'm here, and it's the weirdest thing to yeah. me. You know what I mean? And I and I thought about that, and I'm like, Gabby probably experiences this, like on a normal mm-hmm. level, like going to a place and people are friendly and they speak some time, mm-hmm. and you know. Because I'm with her, but I'm like, she would never, ever know what it feels like if, like, she, it, you know what I mean? To be somebody who walked in the yes. same place and, and be, completely be literally like ignored. Like, mm-hmm. we go to Mexican restaurants and, like, and, and, oh, I love me some Mexican food. <laughs> but it didn't hit me how different, I'm telling you, it is so different when I go there with you versus if I go out with, like, black friends. Wow. Like, they treat us kind of like they really don't want us even there. Mm-hmm. They don't really care if we there. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, you get the friendly ones that's cool but they be kind of low-key rude a little bit you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and it's like it just was a lesson to me of how like two people's lives are totally different and you can't see through somebody else's lens no you can't you can't you know and so it's like and when your kids are being raised Mm -hmm. in a different way than you are it's Mm -hmm. like dang how do you find a way to like (laughs) Mm -hmm. to connect with them but just hearing what you're saying about Nate understanding goes a long way because I know as a woman and as a black woman, understanding is everything to Mm me. You don't have to relate to me. You don't even have to get on a white, a a, a white megaphone. You don't have to, (laughs) 
Please don't say that. We might have some white people with white megaphones walking around. I meant you don't have to be on a megaphone and be a white ally and speak right, for yeah, me. Yeah. Understanding is everything. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing is white people who speak to white people. You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah, you get a yeah. lot of white people who defend black people on social media and stuff like that. But my thing is like, you're invited and welcome in a lot of rooms that we're not accepted yeah. in or people wouldn't even and look at us. you have to talk to them. Talk to them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's nice. We hear you, but talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> but, because um, I think a lot of white people, you don't even realize they're racist for real because you would have never experienced it around right. them because you're also white. You right. know what I'm saying? But like, talking to those people and helping penetrate because sometimes they don't even mean it. They just was born to think and see it's things. It's stigmas and stereotypes that they believe. I had a coworker mm-hmm. like that one time. Really amazing uh, woman. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, I never got the, I guess, quote unquote vibe that she was racist at all. She mm-hmm. seemed like she treated everyone the same, but she had these stereotypes that she believed. Mm. And she would every once in a while bring those, like, stereotypes up in conversation. Like, if we're having a conversation about, um, uh, I think one of it was, like, I don't want to say it was George Floyd, but it was a situation similar to that. We were having mm-hmm. a conversation about something that happened in the news. And she had just made this one comment. I can't remember what it was, but I was just like, are you serious? Mm. Like, that's so far from the truth. And I had to say that, and... But the thing was, is when I said that to her, she was like, oh, wow, I didn't look at it like that. And it's like, that made me think, okay, sh- not to say it's justifiable, but she was so ingrained in her own little world that she really just believed that this was true. Mm-hmm. So when someone, like, pushed back against that, it made her stop and think, like, oh, that actually does make sense. Yeah. You know. And she probably felt her guard more down to say what she said because she was talking to somebody who was also white. Yeah, you know, for she sure. may not have, I don't know, but she may not have been so comfortable to say that to somebody black. I just gotta tell this quick little story time. Uh-huh. Cause I was on the phone with this man at my job, y'all. <laughs> and so, um, he was calling and he had the wrong number. So mm-hmm. that's the start. I do supplemental insurance. He was calling about renter's insurance. He had a question. Mm-hmm. And um, he was, he lived in an apartment where he was the only white person that lived there. Okay. But he started the story off by telling me that like some guys broke into his house. He had to jump out of a window. And I actually felt really oh bad my. for him. Like it broke my heart because he was older. He was like in his 60s or 70s. And he said he got really injured really bad. He had to jump oh out the window to escape. And he started telling me like, I can hear them plotting against me right now. Like saying what they're going to do to me next. And I was like, you should call the police. Yeah. And he was like, um... He was like, uh, I have, and he said that I, they, he basically said it's not a priority to the police because they're not physically doing anything to me right now, but I'm telling him I feel in danger, I don't feel safe, yeah. da, da, da. and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that's happening to you. I'm really trying to like transfer him because he got the wrong number, yeah, but anyway, yeah, but I'm yeah. like, I, I'm listening too because this is crazy, and then at the end, right before we got off the phone, and he was like, but you know it's because I'm the only white guy, and it's all black people here, and mm-hmm. if I hadn't known that, I would have never moved here. And I think he maybe thought I was white. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But my customer service voice is real different. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but I think he thought I was white because he was like, I would have never moved here if I ever knew it was, was all black people. You know what I mean? And he really wanted my mm-hmm. validation. And he was like, right? You know what I mean? Right? And I was like, I just gave it. I was like, right. And he was like, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. And I was just like, ugh, you just ruined it. I had sympathy for you. 
And I'm like, actually, I don't have the experience. I'm black. He oh, probably would have hung up so fast. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> yeah, like, I wonder if he would have done that if he knew I was black. No. You know what I mean? I, don't, like, I don't think so. I can't, I can't, obviously, I can't speak for everyone. I think some people do have some boldness, and they say some crazy things, and mm-hmm. they don't care. Um, but I think the vast majority, they don't say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They don't say stuff like that um, to that person or around those people mm-hmm. for fear of scrutiny, for fear of whatever. They mm-hmm. don't want to say that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think that's a problem. And I, I hope we're not getting too far off subject, mm-hmm. but I think that's also a problem sometimes in the Christian community uh-huh. when it comes to like homosexuality and stuff like that. Yes, the taboo things. That yeah, like, ah. and they just like, oh, that is a shame. Look at that grown man walking around dressed like this, or look at that. I actually read this book called Perfect Peace mm-hmm. and it made me say I will never do that again because mm-hmm. one we do not know what people go through. Not at all. Yes, there are some people who promote sin and they mm-hmm. think it's funny and they blaspheme and yes that is a shame. But there are people who've had things done to them oh, as a kid yes. and and things. you know what I mean and we just look at them and that's mm-hmm. a shame they like this and that and just reading that book literally transformed my mind into the 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 image or the idea of a person who may be struggling with that yeah you know what i mean since a child because of things that happened to them mm-hmm. since they were children like mm-hmm. if y'all read that book perfect piece i'm telling you it's so good but it transformed me and it made me never want to just be okay with hearing stuff like that yeah, it's or like, participating why do you have to be nasty about stuff like that you can have your morals and values it, as a Christian, and, and I guess like I can only speak for myself because Christians, that can be, anyone can believe whatever they want to believe in Christianity, I guess, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't, and I hate to say I'm not for. I don't promote this for myself or for my beliefs is I'm not for homosexuality or, um, and it's not even just that, but, like, even premarital sex. And it's, like, it's things that I've even done myself. I'm not for it. I'm not going to right. promote it. But I'm also not going to downgrade someone and talk nasty about someone because they're doing something that I don't agree with. I don't agree with it. It's not for me. It's not for my home. But I'm also going to treat you like a human being. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to look at you and say, oh, you you are turning yourself into a different gender or you are, or I should say, identifying yourself in a different gender. You're um, a different color than me. You're a different age than me. Whatever the case is. And be like, and I don't like you because of that. It's like, that seems very superficial to say yeah. you don't like some of that. I don't, I may not like your lifestyle choices, but I can't like be nasty and mean yeah, to you and like, say horrible things about you I, because that's the life you decide to choose. Yeah, because I like, we disagree with a lot of things, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like you said, premarital sex, but we don't do that to like single moms and we don't right. treat, you know what I mean? But why is it like, okay. And, and, and again, like we just said, well, you wouldn't say that to them. Right. You know, right. you're doing it in your little safe Christian bubble where y'all think y'all can put other people down mm-hmm. to make yourself feel better. But you got seven kids and seven baby dads and you've been having right. sex and preaching and praying and singing and all serving in all the ministries and still having sex and still having kids. Mm-hmm. And you but we judging and putting other people down yep. and it and yep. we feel entitled to that. So it's just like. Mm. Yeah. yeah but we kind of got way off subject so to, to try to come back but yeah that was like a big thing for me just like yeah. how do we 
you know, interject when we see our kids choosing mm-hmm. their friends. So I'm just hoping that, you know, and I've had, me and uh, Darshan have had good, long, extensive conversations with our daughter. We just had one about just getting to know yourself and what yeah. you love and what you like yeah. to do and what's important to you and respect for yourself because if you respect yourself, you will demand respect from others. Sure. And you're so respectful to others. So you should have other people around you who are respectful to you. So we had a long, nice talk with her recently, mm-hmm. actually, and she seemed like she took a lot from it. So I just feel like it's not forever going to be an issue. So, um, you know, I'm just curious to see like how she does. Cause I want her to, it's just important to me. And I talked to her about my struggle. You know, mm-hmm. I did choose to be friends with the girls that was popular. That was pretty. Yeah. And how yeah. that pan out for me, they bounced on me when <laughs> right. I had a kid, like, you know what I mean? And I just don't want her to like choose people based off clothes and shoes and hair and popularity and who's pretty and who's not like it's about like you will have the most long lasting friendships when you base it off of like genuine reasons like how much do we have in common how much chemistry do we have how much do we connect how much do our values align you know what i'm saying because i can't think of how many times like you just have shady friends like you know that just say weird things and do Mm -hmm. weird things and you don't even know why you're friends with them right (laughs) all the time yeah so that's important but what about and it may be different for you having a boy, but mm-hmm. it may not. Um, the things they want to wear, how they want to wear their hair. Like, have you ever had a phase where he wanted to, like, dye his hair purple or something crazy? And you had, like, anything, clothes? So, I actually haven't had anything, like, major where I'm like, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that I was, I don't want to say against, but had something to say about (laughs) uh is and i know this is just the times but all kids want to do nowadays is wear sweatpants and never get dressed and just look like they rolled out of bed wow that's interesting to me because i don't have a team maybe so i feel like well and you know what's different is predominantly white schools are oftentimes different than whether if it's a predominantly black or um, mixed mm-hmm. race schools. When I see kids, because I live next to a high school, when I see, and it's an Akron public school, when I see kids walk from that school, mm-hmm. they, not all of them, I mean, I will see people occasionally with like sweats and leggings and stuff, but a lot of them look like they try to dress like jeans, things like that. Um, and it's a mixed race school, I would consider this one. Um, but the school that Anita goes to is a predominantly white school and it seems like they're all like going there with pajamas on and sweats and I'm just like, Oh my God, that's what crazy. Is this? I first off would never, Nate has never tried to go to school or anywhere in pajamas, but I, that's would always be an absolute no if it ever happened, but mm-hmm. I don't see that. But the sweats, I'm like, dang, so I'm like, dang, he brought some jeans. Can mm-hmm. you, can you like try a little effort? And it's not that his stuff, like. I know that he likes this, so I'm going to buy him the nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, so it doesn't just look like he's just rolling out of bed. At least if you're going to wear sweats and a hoodie, like, it's going to be a nice set. So, right. Like, it's not just going <laughs> to be like, oh, whatever. Exactly. Um, And I know that's so minor. And I think because even though our fashion back in the day was not, like, high fashion by <laughs> early we 2000s. Was. Like, we definitely thought. But when I look back at that stuff, I'm like, oh. But yeah. we we tried. Yeah. We tried to we put tried. it on. That's why it's so shocking to me because like we love to get dressed. Yes, for like and, and for us back in the day, it was real matchy matchy. Really like, 
Matching, matching, honey. Everything to oh. the T, matching. I'm like, well, why did I have to dress? Like, like you got on a white um, graphic tee with pink words on it, with a pink polo underneath it, with pink bangles, <laughs> the matching. Matter of fact, the necklace, the earrings, and the bracelets all came in a pack together from Wet Seal. And then you had to put the pink heels on with the jeans. Like, if you did anything other, like, what are you doing you was with tacky. your life? Yes. And, and <laughs> it took me a lot to get out of that mindset as I got older. Uh-huh. It took a lot because I was so used to that. Um, so I guess I'm in a sense glad it's not to that extreme. But that was one thing that, and like I said, it's so minor. And I'm like, if that's the the one thing I have to push back on, like, I will let that go. If that's what yeah. you kids want to wear is sweatpants and, and whatever, like, yeah um now i was at first against i guess if you want to say or very uh mindful about him getting dreads Mm -hmm. and the reason being is i knew he wasn't gonna take care of him himself it would all fall back on me and it did for a long time it was (laughs) like i had to oil his scalp because he wouldn't oil i had to do that myself i had to wash his hair because he wouldn't wash it for himself like and it was just like i already got 50 million things to do mm-hmm. the last thing i need is something else especially something that's it's i'm white and that's not to say that like, i guess there are white people that have dreads but it's all completely different our texture <laughs> is my texture is so different from nate's hair mm-hmm. so it's like then i have to learn that which mm-hmm. is fine but it's like this is something you want to do don't put that back on me for me to do it for you especially when you're 15 and you're old enough to do this, which he's good now. He does. I mean, I still have to get on him sometimes about remembering to do certain things. But mm-hmm, um, outside of that, there has never been a phase where he was, like, wanting to wear things or portray himself in a way that I was like, yeah, that's an absolute no. And I don't know, maybe, I guess I, I shouldn't say boys can't because I'm sure they can. I think if he went through, like, a gothic and all black and tried to wear black makeup and stuff like that, I'd probably be, like, absolutely not. But, like, I think it's, at least to me, it seems like it's more common with the girls and girls and what they try to do and how they try to dress and makeup and all that kind of stuff that seems like it's more common than it would be with a boy. Yeah. See, and I, I think the only thing, well, Jenna's still young. Maddie... And she don't give us a lot of pushback yet. Yeah. I think it's still because she's young. It's it is. Because yeah. the first thing she really got mad at us about that she can't do is have a Snapchat. Like, Oh, okay. I was just talking about clothes. Sorry. Oh, we go, okay, no, that's okay. okay. We, we, okay. Well, I'm supposed to be talking about clothes, but look at me jumping. But <laughs> she got upset about not having a Snapchat because yeah. all her cousins have a Snapchat. And she was like, I, and I, I used to have a Snapchat, but I don't know really. And I never really knew how it worked that much. I'm a granny, sorry. But um, her something like she wanted, her cousin was trying to build something or have some streaks or like have a lot of followers. I don't know what the heck, something like yeah. that. And she was like, I just don't like that you won't let me have Snapchat. My cousins have it. Uh, and she asked me to follow her. And I'm like, you're not getting a Snapchat. Yeah, End yeah. of story. Right. Um, so she doesn't give me too much pushback. Um, the one thing as far as fashion like, Jenna is so easy, man. Yeah. She is so easy. She, like, girly stuff. Like, mm-hmm. she's just not picky. Um, as long as it's cute and it's girly yeah. and I don't try to put her in some baggy all-boy clothes, she's right. not complaining. Um, Maddie's only thing lately is crop tops. 
And I'm like, she wants to show her belly. And she get away with it almost because she's so she's tall, tall that like a lot of the shirts that are her size They're will kind of raise just a little bit. And mm-hmm. she that's what she likes to wear. But I'm like, that's kind of my compromise. Like, I'm not going to buy you a crop top. If it's just naturally a little short. <laughs> <laughs> but if it fits you like a crop top, because we'll buy her and her sister the same shirt and it fits uh-huh. her like a crop top, but her yeah. sister not because she's short. Yes. And yeah, so yeah. it's like, I'll let her slide with that. Um, but it's like, ugh, you know, and it's like, I think that now because she's little, it's not a big deal like it will be when she's a teenager. Like, yes, mom. When you start actually, well, too, I think a lot of it is when they're little, they typically have a little kid's body. Mm-hmm. Like, when you hit puberty and you start developing and crop tops look much different on yeah. a 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old than they do a 13, 14, 15-year-old. Yeah, that's true. I hate it. Oh, my God. I hate how she's growing into a young woman. It's so weird to see. I'm like, can you stop that? I'll look at her every once in a while. I'm like, can you stop looking so older? Like, can you stop? It's mm-hmm. like, I can't help it. But it takes me back to when I was a kid and leggings came out. My grandparents had of vengeance like they hated leggings and i could not wear just leggings mind you i was thick okay i was not the average teenager like i always had a big butt and hips and thighs and so leggings they just looked a little bit different you know what i mean when you're more shapely and it's Mm -hmm. like well everybody's wearing leggings and i promise you and i knew it too like that it looked a little different um you know, it didn't look as innocent on yes, me. Right. And I remember like putting on stuff that I, this was so tacky. But do you remember the leggings that had like the little lace around the bottom? Uh, yeah. So I, I, I tried to, <laughs> yeah, we all did. Girl, one time I remember I came downstairs. I don't remember what type I had on, but I had those leggings on. Ow. <laughs> I had those leggings on and I had my Chinese slippers on. Oh, I had all them, yes. all the colors. <laughs> and I had on like a really tight blue jean skirt over it. Why did we put skirts over leggings? Oh, that's the only way I was allowed to wear leggings with skirts over it. Why we did, I don't. Probably because our parents wouldn't let us walk out the house without yeah. just leggings. My parents would well, never let me wear leggings without a skirt. So I thought that was going to be my getaway. But still, when I looked in the mirror, it looked still. so, for lack of a better word, just trashy. Like, yeah. even not like I say now, like, I'll see little more petite girls they can wear like daisy duke shorts and it look totally fine but if you got a lot of hips and butt and you wear daisy duke shorts it look way different and that's how it was when i wore my skirt and my leggings it just didn't look like how it looked on some of my friends and they i came downstairs i thought i was like well i'm just go downstairs casually with it on and just try to walk right by Do you know I got a lecture? Like, my grandparents, literally, I just stood there in the kitchen and just listened to them just go in on me about, why do you want to dress like that? And why do you want to be showing everything off? And just going off, like, and, but it just reminded me of, like, how the impact, like, you're not in my world. I go out the house, and this is what all the girls are going to have when I get to the park or when I get to my friend's house, and I'm not allowed to wear it, you know? So, it's like, it reminds me of that. It's hard, but there's also... I can understand it. Um, and I hate doing this, like, like this male versus female thing. Like, obviously, both can be in harm's way. Both could be abused. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to clothes, I think a lot of times we focus so much on the females because um, I think it's just easier for grown men to take advantage of a young girl. Mm-hmm. And, and and I don't want to say it's as it's more common. I think we hear about it more. Mm-hmm. Um 
but I can understand where parents and grandparents are coming from. It's like, I want to protect you. And sometimes right. we don't always understand that. Because like I said, I wasn't allowed to wear leggings unless I had a skirt over it. Um, I wasn't, I mean, I never had a desire to wear a crop top back in the day. Because I was a little bit chubbier anyways um, when I was younger. So I never desired yeah, that, do that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> But one of my things was makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, when everyone started wearing makeup and I think I was 13 because I don't recall I think 13 was the first time I was allowed to wear makeup I was in middle school mm-hmm. and it was very limited like before I was allowed to wear like lip gloss chapstick things like that but um I really wanted to wear eyeliner at that time I didn't want to wear everything else I just wanted to wear eyeliner mm-hmm. and it was an absolute no for so long finally they allowed me to wear eyeliner oh my god <laughs> do you read stuff that we did do y'all remember white eyeliner yeah oh my god i found a picture i mean white eyeliner when i was like 15 i threw that thing away i didn't want to look at that ever again i don't want that memory but it was white eyeliner i was allowed to wear and i was allowed to wear that for like a year with lip gloss and then um i was i graduated from white eyeliner to black eyeliner and lip gloss but it was like just those little moments was like like you felt so amazing and I, I like that. Like I like um I don't know, I guess I'm old school. I see a lot of young girls, young girls wearing full face makeup and I'm just it's like crazy. In my mind, like I am not trying to be judgmental, but I'm just like I just feel like that's reserved for being older, not for little kids. And I guess I get the whole like if you're little and you want to do play makeup and just mm-hmm. have fun, but to be going out with full face full makeup, face. lashes, and I didn't wear I didn't wear lashes for the first time until I was like 25. Yeah, I was like probably 20 when I started wearing. Yeah, lashes. and it was like even then I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was <laughs> like, what is this? But like, um, I think you know giving little tidbits to kids. Yeah. Obviously, with your own discretion, because everyone's different. I see parents who let their kids wear crop tops and Daisy Dukes and full face makeup and their kid's 12, and their kid looks like they're, like, pushing 20 now. And that scares me. I don't... I just want kids to be kids. Yeah. Like, I want them to look like kids. I want... I've seen a picture of... (laughs) I don't know who the other girl was, but it was, like... 13-year-olds back in my day and 13-year-olds now. And it was, like, a picture of iCarly with, like, <laughs> right, like three that. shirts on and a belt and just, like, simple, no makeup, just smiling, mm-hmm. like, so innocent-looking. Not to say that you aren't innocent with the other stuff, but mm-hmm. just innocent kid-looking. And then a girl who was also at the same age, 13 now, mm-hmm. and she just looked at, like, grown as heck. Yeah. And I'm like, it's so different. But it's I so can different. understand how these kids like view that and want that mm-hmm. because that's what they're seeing they have social media more now at a younger age than we did yeah yeah and they're exposed to that everywhere and then you'll have the parents who let their kids do all that and it's like well so and so can wear that so and so can do that so like why can't i yeah and it's like a really different time now with who their role models are <sighs> so like different. We had Destiny's Child. We had, like, you know, and they did wear some risque stuff. You look at the Destiny's Child videos, and they was half naked. But, like, their real life, I think, didn't. That was, like, you knew that was music videos. We dressed the same as celebrities in real life. Like, they literally were wearing baby fat t-shirts 
And, and so were we. Yes, and so were we. <laughs> Rock aware, apple all bottom. We had all that. The guys had on giant t-shirts, jabos, like you we could afford it. And I think now the role models, like it's changed to where it's like everybody want to be free, to be sexual, to be mm. naked, to twerk, to, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, so that's their idols now. You know what yeah. I mean? You got Ice Spice. You got Nicki Minaj. Yeah. You got, and these girls literally promote bending over and shaking your butt in a thong all the time. Like, this is who mm. they look up to. I look at Nicki Minaj, and I've always thought this, like, it is even crazy that a child would even have the word Minaj in their vocabulary. Know, right. To be like, oh, I look up to Nicki Minaj. And I'm like, you're not even allowed to say Minaj. Not right. <laughs> like, please stop that. <laughs> Yeah, so that's like, that has a lot of influence on the girls nowadays. I literally just seen something the other day, um, and I, I'm not really with the celebrities nowadays and who they are. I'm pretty sure it was Young Miami mm-hmm. who was talking. I'm like 99% sure it was her, but if this interview was a different person, please let me know. <laughs> but they were asking her, because she's part of, is she part of, like, the City Girl stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so it had it been her. So she was being interviewed, and they were talking about, she must have a daughter, because they're like, your daughter, if she ever wanted to be a City Girl, like, how do you feel? And she was like, absolutely not. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, literally, this is what, this is on. I was not expecting that. Listen, it's on interview, so you can look it up. This is what I've seen on this interview. She was like, um, absolutely not. I'm raising her in a different way. Now she tried, like, wait, what? She tried to, and I I call it backpedal. She Mm -hmm. tried to backpedal and say like, um, her personally was raised in a different way. And almost, it almost sound like from what she was saying is that like, she was raised almost like she didn't say this, but like more like in the streets. And Mm -hmm. this is because she was raised in this way. This is acceptable for her to be this way but because she's raising her daughter in a different way she wants her to not be a city girl but then she ended off that that statement was saying even though there's nothing wrong with city girls and i'm like this just sounds super contradicting like you promote you along with many other celebrities promote the city girl trend and you have to understand that even though you may not be specifically promoting it to a certain group of females like it may not be that you're trying to cater this to nine-year-olds but you know that because of your celebrity status these younger girls could very well look up to you and they could very well think i want to be a city girl too like this looks cool this looks fun this looks popular that's that's insane to me it's like how in my mind i don't understand how can you promote this for everyone else yourself including but not for your daughter and don't get me wrong i'm not for the city girl trend so Mm -hmm. i think it's great that you're not raising her like that but that seems so contradicting of like mom can do this and i can promote other women and even girls you know who look up to me Mm -hmm. to do this but you know it's not wrong but you know it's kind of like but it's okay if it's good enough for everybody else's yes. kids. Like they said, there's rappers, and I can't remember who it was, but rappers on record saying that their kids aren't allowed to listen to their mm-hmm. music, but the other kids are. The creator of TikTok, his, said he's, his children are not allowed on TikTok. <laughs> but there's millions of children mm-hmm. on TikTok. So it's just like, I think about the phrase that I heard a long time ago, and I don't even remember who said it, but they said, children don't do what you tell them to do. Children mm-hmm. don't do what you want them to do. Children do what they see yep. you do. So, so sit, true. So I'm, I'm like, who the heck? Cardi B, I'm trying to say everybody's name. <laughs> Miami, like, as much as you... And Miami got this um, generation in a chokehold right now. Like, oh, she yeah. is... 
the epitome of what these girls want. I mean, she's got mm-hmm. the body, she's got the money, she's got the clothes, she got the rich man, yeah. and she's teaching and promoting it heavy. Like mm-hmm. be, they literally got a song called "Act Bad." And in one of the verses, I heard, because I like the song, I'm not going to cap. But (laughs) in one of the verses, JT says, she's another member of the City City Girls. She said, I'm going to give y'all some bad advice. They treat the good girls bad and the bad ones nice. So act bad. Like, they're literally, they're promoting act bad. The song literally says act bad, act bad, act bad. And it's teaching you to act bad. Be like like me. Programming. Even though that, again, might not be your intention, but you're, like, programming these young girls so much. to be this way to be accepted. And the video is literally y'all doing that. Getting drunk, dancing on tables. Diddy is butt naked in the video. I know, oh right? Ew. I don't want to see but, that. Me neither. Sorry, I don't. But <laughs> the, it was so funny because just even speaking on parenting and how this came up because... Diddy's son, Justin Combs, just recently mm-hmm. caught a DUI. Yeah, I've seen that. And his mom was going crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not funny. I don't like this. And she was just going in on Diddy. Like, what is going on with you? Yeah. You used to be a respectable career man. And now you acting crazy out here. You mm-hmm. setting a horrible example for your boys. You mm-hmm. are um, selling alcohol. Like she was saying, you make the majority of your money off something that's killing people. Like she just yeah. went in and it was like, it really took me back. Even what you said about Miami is like, dang, wait, these people are parents. Like, and they out here acting crazy. They promoting acting crazy. They telling everybody to act crazy. And it's like, just seeing your son get a DUI. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what example are you really setting? Like, and people may say like, oh, y'all sound like old ladies or y'all sound stiff. I'm sure people will think that, but I don't care. What's good about (laughs) a kid getting a DUI? What's good about wanting to protect your kid from doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, what's, what's wrong with like wanting to protect your kid from experiencing things like that again i think that goes back to your own mindset and i think sometimes people grow up in such a way that they try to justify the things that they do older because of that and it's like you're older now you don't have to subscribe Mm -hmm. to what your parents or your grandparents um exposed you to or how they raised you i know it's easier said than done Mm -hmm. to kind of deprogram but you're it's very possible to deprogram it's very possible to change your ways especially if you get to the point where you're like i don't want to raise my children like that then you know why in my mind it's just like why not then live your life in a different way why would you uh promote that if it's not good enough for your kid why is it good enough for you to promote that's how Mm -hmm. i feel like if I am in their position where I'm being very suggested, suggestible with, like, my clothing and how I speak and stuff like that, like, and I don't want my son to be exposed to that, I just feel like I'm a walking contradiction then. Absolutely. Like, I feel like it would be like, well, you do that, so. Absolutely. Why, why, why? Like, it, and, and there, I think there's some, like, validity in that. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually need an answer. If you can talk like that, if you can act like that, if you can dress like that, why can't I? Yeah, because you want me to be something that you don't even think is cool. Yeah. You don't even think this is attractive or fun. You think it's fun to get your body done and twerk and, mm-hmm. and snatch a millionaire. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why 
do you want me to be a square who gets good grades and independent woman when I can get me a ditty too if I dress like that and I twerk like that and I you know what I'm saying so yeah yeah it's a mess and music Ugh. now that's one thing as a parent me mm. and Nate butt heads mm. on I don't like his music he knows I don't not not all of it he mm-hmm. does listen to some good stuff but some of the artists he listens to I already have reservations about them mm-hmm. and um I tried to that's the one that's just really hard for me because I know that I can't like stop him from listening to something like either he's gonna hear it at school he's gonna hear it in the car mm-hmm. he has a phone he can hear it on the phone he can hear it on the computer like I can't like force him to not nobody can stop stuff. us from listening to pretty Ricky. exactly <laughs> the stuff that i remember my my some of the music that my parents were like absolutely not so i had to sneak and listen to it and like it, i think it goes back to like the cussing thing like he knows mom doesn't like this so if he's gonna play he's usually playing it in his airpods or like he's playing the clean version which i'm like why don't you just play the clean version anyways why do you have to listen right. to the uncut version like <laughs> but um that's one thing that me and him really butt heads on a lot mm-hmm. and i'm constantly say turn it off i'm constantly telling him, turn it off nope not doing it now listen mom why no mm-hmm. it's terrible i hate the stuff that a lot of these artists are promoting not, not that this we've had some music back in our day that i can't act like we were squeaky clean but not at all that's one thing we butt heads on and then how you mentioned snapchat um social media he actually never really had the strongest desire for social media obviously it's a trend he wants to get on it Mm -hmm. um but i haven't i did i have talked to him a lot lately about um exploring that possibility of allowing him to have something but i told him if you if you have um some sort of social media i have to be able to check it when i want to check it um i have to make sure that like i'm monitoring it monitoring your use things like that because i don't want him to be sucked in social media can be Mm -hmm. extremely addicting yeah and then it just opens up a door to so much more exposure that huge door i know that he's getting older and i'm like my god i'm only gonna have two more years until he's an adult Mm -hmm. that's wild so i can't like fully cover him from everything but it's like from what i can control i want to be able to do that and that's something that it's going to be a struggle because I'm like, God, I don't want him to be exposed to all this stuff. But I'm like, I just have to cover him and teach him what's right, teach him what's wrong, and keep that door open for him to discuss these things with yeah. me and be. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's all you can do. That door open and communication mm-hmm. is all we can do. And understanding and listening and not acting like we were never 11, we were right. never 14, we were never mm-hmm. 17 before. That's one of the biggest issues I think that I felt like I had when I was like, even now when I think about it, I'm like, I always think, try to go back to that place to when I was that age. And I'm like, dang, like, I wonder like why my family never tried to relate to me or try to like think back to when they had the feelings that I felt, you know what I mean? And even understand that they, their 11 is not my 11. We live in different worlds, we have different times and everything. Mm -hmm. So like, that's the biggest thing. That I would say, you know, that I feel like I am good at, you know, is being a listening ear and yeah. checking in and talking to them. You got to get in them kids' world because I remember plenty of times I went through so many dark things alone mm-hmm. as a kid. I mean, whether it was being bullied, whether it was heart, my first heartbreak, whether mm-hmm. it was just straight up betrayal from friendships. Like, I went through it by myself. Yeah. And I wish I had my mom or somebody mm-hmm. to talk to and talk me through it. Like, even with Maddie and just, like, some of the stuff she's experiencing, like, 
she's talking to me about these things. She actually just shared something with me and it blew my mind when she said it because I went through the same thing as a yeah. kid and I'd never talked to anybody about anybody about it because I didn't think anybody would understand me or relate to me or they would judge me. And when she said that to me, it made me feel so happy because I am just now um, diving into this thing as an adult and trying to figure yeah. it out. And now she's 11 and I can talk to her about it. So that open door communication is yeah. everything. It is. It is. Yeah. And just parenting's a journey. It's a life. Forever learning. Long journey. I even think about, like I said, he, he will literally be 18 in two years. You'll still be parenting him. And I will him. still be parenting him. I'll be parenting him. And obviously that looks different. Mm-hmm. It changes. And um, I think more so now my parenting is guiding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you always guide. There's there's definitely many more rules and restrictions and boundaries because he's still a minor. He's still a child. He's still developing. He doesn't understand yes. life as an adult. There's so many more things he has experienced in life before, you know, I can kind of give him that space to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that as he gets older, it's going to be more so of just like, I'm here to listen. Mm-hmm. I'm here for advice. I'm here for that. But I'm not going to be like, because unfortunately, you get those helicopter parents who they will remain that for the entire life. They will spend their entire life telling you what to do. They will spend their entire life. Do I, I have this one patient, really sweet boy. So I've been at my job for 10 years. He started coming to my office when he was probably about, I don't know, uh, 12 because he's in his early 20s now and his mom was so overpowering Mm. like even at that age like him being 12 so just like you could just tell she had like this control issue everything had to be about her Mm. well um now at like i said he's in his early 20s 22 23 she's still comes to the appointment she's still overpowering everything and you and i can just tell like he's very reserved he's very quiet he's very soft-spoken it's almost like he's afraid to speak up he's afraid to like she still has this control and then for the first time ever i met her husband and she was doing the same thing to him (sighs) she was coming in here telling us what what he needs, what he doesn't need, what what he can and can't do, how much money he can and can't spend. And I'm like, oh, you're just one of those. Mm. And it's like, but you have some people like that who will try to control your life for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that, my dear, is way too overprotective. <laughs> way too overprotective. And, and, and one thing that's too underprotective yes. that I thought about with you talking about how your son still needs guiding. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. When people start treating their child like they're grown when they get to be 12, 13, 14. Oh, oh they grow. They, they practically grown that. now. They independent. They got to make their own food. I they got to wash their own clothes. I mean, they should definitely for sure know how to cook a little yeah. bit. They should know how to clean. They should know how to do their laundry. But you don't stop parenting a teen. They're literally still a child. They literally yeah. still need guidance. They literally yeah. still need parenting. If that was the case, they would be considered grown long before they are. Mm-hmm. But we don't even fully develop common sense until we're in our mid-20s. Yeah. So it's just like, I hate when I see like children that are so extremely independent, Mm -hmm. like, okay, 
I don't see nothing wrong with a kid setting their own alarm to wake themselves up in the yeah. morning and get their own breakfast. But I think it should, if if unless they're that responsible. But I don't think it's nothing wrong with the parent making sure they get up, make sure they get to no. school on time, making sure, mm-hmm. checking the homework. You know what I mean? Like, it's too many parents who just once they kid get a certain age, it's like, you got it. And that's crazy to me because... And, and, and who knows, maybe they're just going off of how they were treated and maybe they're like, hey, I was I was told at this age this mm-hmm. is what I'm supposed to do, so you're going to go do it too. But mm-hmm. I think, like, you're only a child for so long. And a if little you, bit of time. If you're blessed enough to live into your 70s, 80s, 90s or older, you're going to be an adult way longer than you are a child. So, like, why... Yeah. I, I never understood why people almost want to push their children into adulthood faster. And it's yeah. almost like I don't, and I'm not saying that this is what it is, but I feel like sometimes it's almost like I don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah, you're I don't old want the enough. Yeah, you're old <clears> enough <throat> to do this. You're old enough to do that. And like you said, yes, obviously with age comes responsibility, and you want to mm-hmm. teach your kids as they get older certain things so that when they are finally out on their own, it's not like oh my god, what do I do? It's like yeah. oh no, I, I was taught how to cook. I was taught how to clean. I was taught how to pay bills. I was taught how to do these things so that when I'm older. Um, I can actually be sufficient and not, like, <laughs> have no idea yeah. and be lost. Um, but even, and some people I know are not going to like this, but <laughs> even though 18 is considered an adult, you're, you're no longer a minor, I personally hate when parents are like, you're 18, you're grown, get out. I, I, I don't like it. I mean, I, everyone is different, and maybe mm-hmm. you have a very mature 18-year-old. Maybe you set that 18-year-old up to um, really thrive, and maybe they will come out. But I will guarantee you a lot of these 18-year-olds who are getting kicked out at 18 are probably struggling because they probably weren't taught how to um, make a budget. Babies. They're still oh, babies. No. And for me personally... I'm like, Nate, you can live with me. You can go through all college. You can stay here. I mean, I'm sure Nate is a lot like me. Like, I'm a bird. I want to just fly and just Mm -hmm. spread my wings. But I told him, like, if you go to college, like, I don't mind you living with me. Um, I mean, obviously, you're going to be respectful of, like, when you're coming in and out and not, like, having parties and stuff here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That kind of stuff. There's so many boundaries. But, like... I just personally can't see myself being like, oh, you're 18, dip out. I also can't personally see myself, and again, this is no judgment, but I can't see myself Nate getting a job at 16 and being like, now you pay me bills, pay my bills. Like, that's that's wild. That is that crazy is, to me. I, uh, I, so this crazy is what, I, the only thing that I could even come close to that would be I've heard parents who they quote-unquote teach their kid how to be responsible in paying bills and they have them pay so much to a certain quote-unquote bill but they're not really paying the bill their parents are putting the money away Mm -hmm. so that when the kids do get on their own they're like hey here's all this money back Mm -hmm. you paid you paid let's just say fifty dollars you paid fifty dollars a month i've saved that for the last three years this is all going back to you. Yeah. That okay, cool. Yeah. Great. You're 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 teaching them, plus you're giving that money back to them. But when I hear parents say, Oh no, they're working, oh yeah, they're paying this light bill. I'm like, bro, you're the 
parents. Exactly. You got to make your kid pay your and bills. And you're not even trying to. The, the the point is to try and help them. I, I see too many people. I always like to use the term butt naked. I don't know why. But people send their kids into the world butt naked. Yeah. Like meaning no money, no savings, no credit, no, uh, no, no experience, mm-hmm. anything like that. It's like you're part of your job of being a parent is not just to keep a roof over their head, but it's to prepare them to go yes. into adulthood. Yes. And if if my 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 daughter Maddie has a dream job already from when she turned fourteen, she wants to work at her dance school. Mm-hmm. So I would love to make her pay like her phone bill, not because I don't want the responsibility of it, but, but to like teach her how to teach is, her yeah. how to manage her money. I want mm-hmm. her to, and it's hard for me even now. Like when we go to the store and stuff, we will go to a store because they ask, and I will tell them to bring their money and still yeah. pay for their stuff. And it's like just it. out of habit, I've you know. And then they come home like, "Mommy, you pay for our stuff." Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's out of, you know, habit. But I, I want them to learn, like, money management For and sure. to see, you know what I mean? So different stuff like that. It wouldn't be because, oh, well, you are you got a job. Now you need to start helping with these bills. Like. That's wild. Yeah. And me. it's like, they don't know how to be an adult and have their own apartment and pay their own bills. So I want them to know how to do that and have that yes. security. So I'm not going to take all your money when you live with me at 15, 16, 17. Right, especially when they're probably making, like. Twelve dollars an hour, if literally. That. <laughs> if that, and it's like you taking half of their paycheck, and they don't stand a chance to be mm-hmm. able to save up for a nice apartment or a nice right. car or anything. Like that's what we should be assisting them in. We should continue to assist them mm-hmm. in that. If anything, we should be taking our money to help them. You know, put their first deposit on their apartment mm-hmm. or exactly. help them go half on a vehicle. Um, you know, stuff like that. But we like, all right, any up, like you got or, money now. And it's crazy to think like, I fireworks. Oh. Okay, so I was about to say. <laughs> you know, when you live in a neighborhood where you're not really sure if it's fireworks or gunshots, and you have to listen to it for a minute, like, mm. right. One of these days, I'm not. I'm not going to live in a neighborhood like oh, that. Oh God! But as <laughs> of now. Yeah, gunshots. It was fireworks. But um yeah, I, I also just think like how mind blowing that is to think about I uh, uh, let's say I've never been in this position, but let's say I'm fifteen and I start paying bills at fifteen and to say like I've been like to live at the end of my life and be like, dang, I've really been paying bills since I was fifteen. Mm, mm, mm. Fifteen. And you hear that. A lot. It's actually way more common than some would think. And again, I'm not saying this. I'm saying this as in mind blow mm-hmm. because I, I have never experienced that. Um, and the way that I was raised, I was able to, when I got my first job, to save up. And that helped me out so much. And I'm so good at money management. I'm so good at um, budgeting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to pay bills at 15 to learn that. I was mm-hmm. able to be taught in a different way. And I think not everyone who, and all, not even I think, I know that a good majority of people who make their kids pay bills are not doing that to teach their kids. Is doing that because they're thinking like, oh, you making money too? Like, you live in here too? Yep. You're just going to pay you this gonna stuff. you going to help me out. Or I can have some extra money in my pocket now. And it's like, man, that's so just, unfair. I don't you know. You set them up so for selfish. And, and in my opinion, it just seems selfish. It seems like unless you're doing this to actually set your kid up or helping them to learn mm-hmm. what it's like, like just to do it because they, they were a breathing human in your household and now they have the ability to make yeah. money. It just seems real selfish. Yeah. Or I, I can understand too if you really are struggling. Like, 
you're lacking on some things in the household because you're paying all the bills by yourself as a single mom and now your kid has a job and now that could like make it a little bit easier on you to buy groceries, mm-hmm. make it a little bit easier to pay the light bill and it still wouldn't be very much. Those times I can understand, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But if but if that's not the case, I don't understand because I don't see how them now getting a job is making it so much more harder for you to afford the yeah, bills than right. it was all this time. Like if you were able child. to do that the last five, six, seven, ten years, you know, what makes it different now? Yeah, besides the fact that they went out and got a job. So, right. yeah, it, it, we, y'all, this episode was so long. This episode is actually really long. I did not expect that. I did not either. It's I really so thought this much. was going to be like a 45-minute episode. Me too. <laughs> like, you said in the beginning, like, there's so many different it's things so you can many. touch on. And we literally only really... It's like got the, into like being it's protective. It's not even the tip of the iceberg. It's not the tip of the iceberg. We're just going to do a whole 10-week parenting series. No, just like. <laughs> but, wow. yeah. Yeah. That was good. That, it was good, was good, though. I can't wait to hear, like, y'all's thoughts. I really want to yes. know, what do y'all consider being sheltered? What do y'all consider being overprotective? What do y'all consider being underprotective? Like, yeah. what are some of your biggest things when it comes to parenting? Like, yeah. I can't wait to hear, like, I can't wait. And, and, again, I have to just stress it one more time because... I know there's going to be someone, but we are not, Mm -hmm. even though I know my last statements can sound very judgmental because I truly just don't understand it. Mm -hmm. I really just don't. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to come off as I'm being judgmental. I don't want to come off as I'm right. You're wrong. I don't want to come off as I know. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to hear people's perspectives. Um, So please like take it with a grain of salt. We're just going off our own experiences as our, as being parented by our parents as well as being parents. So yeah, all right y'all thank y'all so much for just going on this parenting journey with us today and we will see you guys next week make sure you are following us on instagram make sure that you dm us share your feedback with us follow us on all our social sites everything is going to be linked below and that's it Bye. bye